Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. I'm Alex Ferrario. It is BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Bob Nightingale about six minutes ago says the owners have their quarterly Major League Baseball meetings beginning today in Orlando. Rob Manfred is scheduled to speak on Thursday and the Players Association executives are traveling to Florida and Arizona to meet with the players. So as we know, these negotiations continue to be up and down peaks and valley. And to talk about it, we welcome in Jared Diamond, who covers Major League Baseball for the Wall Street Journal. Jared, thank you so much for taking some time out today. And uh, from your impression where do things stand right now between mlb and the players association yeah i think you're being very generous by saying there's been peaks and valleys i, I haven't seen any peaks during this <laughs> process it has been uh just sort of a straight line down it has been really I, I knew it was going to be bad it has been even worse than i ever could have imagined uh you know it's february 8th spring training is supposed to start in less than a week that's certainly not going to happen, and I imagine in a couple of days that will be officially announced. And honestly, I, at this point, I find it hard to imagine opening day will happen on March 31st as well. I hope I'm wrong. It's not beyond the realm of possibility, but they are so far apart on just about every single issue. And, you know, look, it's, again, we're having a week here where they're probably not even going to meet, which so it tells you all you need to know about sort of the urgency everyone is feeling, considering they're not even going to the table probably all this week. Instead, they're sort of just retrenching and talking among themselves. Well, and those valleys have seemed to turn into like the Grand Canyon here, uh, Jared, because one, you have the federal mediator who was requested by the owner's side and the players frustrated with that one. But where I really felt like we hit rock bottom were when the players started to take the social media because it has been somewhat out of the media in terms of players' frustration with these ongoing negotiations. Now that it's gotten out, that's where I feel like it really made a turn for the worse. Yeah, no no question about it. That was sort of when the gloves came off. You know, if there's anything nice I could say about how this has gone is that they've generally been able to keep their frustrations out of the public. It's been much more of a private in-house than, say, the negotiation in 2020, which was extremely public. And there were leaks every single day about what was being proposed and, and how they felt about one another. This time they've done a pretty good job of sort of keeping it uh, at the table uh, until the other day when suddenly 
There were statements released by both sides, players going on Twitter and expressing their frustration. That felt like a turning point in the negotiation, not a positive turning point, a negative turning point where suddenly uh, everyone is sort of venting their feelings out in the open, which generally is not a, a good place to be when you're trying to make a deal. Jared, you mentioned the play, the players going on social media, some of them going after the commissioner, Rob Manfred, and a lot of our text line here in the studio, every time we talk about the Major League Baseball lockout and trying to provide an update to it, a lot of people seem to be blaming the commissioner, Rob Manfred. How much blame of this lockout is on him? Look, it was the owner's decision to initiate this lockout, right? And Rob Manfred does represent the owners. He is sort of the chief of the owners and they decided you know i i would imagine with rob manfred's blessing to go ahead with this lockout when they did it was not required i think that's sort of a very important point that always needs to be reiterated is that there does not need to be a lockout there never needed to be a lockout the cba could have expired they could have continued on as uh, as if things were normal the provision from the old cba would have carried over while they negotiated a new one and Major League Baseball's owners and Rob Manford decided not to take that approach. Everyone's very nervous about the players potentially going on strike, which, of course, they did in 1994. And ever since then, no sports league has allowed anything to happen without an active CBA. So that's why you you started to see many more lockouts in sports when in the past there were more sort of player strikes. Uh, Is it his fault? I mean, look, the negotiations haven't gone well. They've been very slow. The owners, after the lockout, waited six weeks before even going to the players to talk at all. I don't know if that necessarily is 100% Rob Manfred's fault, but the reality, this is his industry. He's the commissioner of it. And while, in reality, his job is to represent the owners to many fans, his job will always be to represent the interests of baseball as an institution. And clearly, those interests are not being looked out for at this moment. Again, we're talking with Jared Diamond, who covers Major League Baseball for the Wall Street Journal. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jared Diamond. He's joining us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. So, Jared, the the problem for me feels like that we haven't even seen the needle move on the Mm -hmm. owner's side. We've seen the the needle move at least a little bit on the player's side in terms of willing to take some sacrifices. But the fact that the owners really haven't budged at all, does that bring you to the concern of we might not see the season start on time? There's certainly a chance we don't see the season start on time. And it's interesting. On the one hand, mostly what we've seen to me at this point from both sides really is the sort of slow dropping of proposals that were obvious non-starters and both sides have had those proposals. Uh, Clearly, you know, major structural changes to how free agency worked that the players had proposed were very obviously never going to be accepted. And most of those proposals have been removed from the table. And the same on the owner's side, they've removed most of their super radical proposals. One thing the owners have done, and I'm not here to give anybody credit, it's just a fact. One thing the owners have done that I would argue is a move is agreeing in principle to the idea of this pre-arbitration bonus pool that the players have been seeking. That's a pretty big change. That's a bonus pool that will be paid from central revenues. There's never been anything like it. It's completely new money that would go to the players. It's not taking from one group of players to then just redistribute to another. The problem, of course, is that the players are asking for $100 million 
and the owners have asked have, have offered ten. So uh, it, you're you're on different planets, uh, but at least they sort of agreed on the concept. So you kind of can see a way there's a deal to be made there, maybe. But look, the owners have been very steadfast that they don't want to move on just about anything, and the reason for that is they're very happy with the status quo. The players have a lot of ass. They want change. The owners don't really want change. You know, I don't know if they would admit this publicly. I'm sure they wouldn't. But if the players went to this meeting and said, hey, let's just extend the next CBA for five, the last CBA for five years, everything stays the same. The owners would jump all over that. But if the owners proposed that to the players, they would laugh them out of the room. Uh, in the way, that's sort of the problem, right, is that the players want a lot more than the owners want. There isn't sort of that many places where the players could sort of give to get, which is generally how things work in these negotiations. Jared, we've been talking about, you know, the possibility that they may miss opening day. How much time do you think they could miss if this continues to extend? Are are we talking about just maybe a week or two into the regular season, or do you think it's even possible we miss more than that, maybe like the first month? It's impossible to know, and I think anyone that says that, oh, there's no way we're going to miss more than two weeks, there's no way we're going to miss more than a month, they don't know. They're lying. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. No. Gun to my head, I still believe they're going to find a way to work this out in, in such a way that they can at least play 162 games. I still want to believe that, but if you told me right now, hey, they're, not, they're going to miss the first half of the season, they're not going to play till June, I wouldn't say that's impossible, just the way things have gone. Uh, The good news is, I suppose, is that deadlines do have a way of inspiring more rapid negotiation. I think it's safe to say that nobody here has really viewed the start of spring training as a real quote-unquote deadline, right? If they did, they'd be sort of negotiating faster. But I think once we start getting to a place where people are losing money, that has a way of getting people to the table. Players don't start getting paid until opening day. You know, owners make some money with grapefruit and cactus league games, but nothing like they do in the regular season. Once checks start being lost and that money is not coming in, that was supposed to come in. I want to believe that's going to change things. The problem is we're still almost two months away or seven weeks away from that actually being a reality. Jared, final one I wanted to ask you about, and this is one that that, uh, Tanner and I talked about a couple of days ago. If this does take away games in the regular season, which it does seem like is very likely right now, how much is this going to affect the fan base? Because it seems like when you get a lockout or when you get a strike, the fans start to get really disappointed in these arguments back and forth. And I just wonder if this is going to take a massive blow for baseball in terms of kind of repercussions that carry over into the regular season. Yeah, I hope maybe the people involved here in Major League Baseball are paying attention to this because the reality is things are a lot different for baseball than they were in 1994. In 1994, baseball was extremely popular in the United States. It was it was a huge, huge industry. It still is a huge industry, but it was far more popular than it, in 1994 than it is now, and still baseball took a big hit. I think the problem that baseball might see if they don't get this done is not anger, but just apathy, mm-hmm. people not caring, because they're, they'll just say, all right, well, you know, we went without baseball for much of the 2020 season, and there's a new summer football league starting this year, and there's really a lot of great stuff on HBO Max these days and <laughs> Netflix, and do I really need this in my life? 
Uh, and I think even a lot of people who identify as baseball fans, I think some of them might be surprised at how easy it is for them to not have it. And the, again, the fact that we didn't have it for quite a few months in 2020, I think is proof of that. The world kept spinning without baseball. And I hope Major League Baseball realizes that it can't afford to allow people to feel that way. It is not popular enough, especially among younger people. And for Rob Manfred, who has that Rob Manfred before, for him to oversee two shortened seasons during his tenure, uh, you know, one of which in 2020, you could argue, certainly was not completely his fault. It was the start of the pandemic. But there's many people that believe they should have played more than 60 games that year. And now we're looking maybe at a shorter season this year. I do think that's going to really impact his legacy uh, as commissioner. That's not, I'm sure there's a, something in the back of his mind telling him to not be that guy that has a 60-game season and then two years later have an 120 or 100 or whatever game season. And I, at least I hope there's a part of his mind that's thinking that. He's Jared Diamond. He covers Major League Baseball for the Wall Street Journal. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Jared Diamond. Jared, we always appreciate the time, man. Hopefully we'll be talking some good news in these negotiations in the next couple of weeks, but uh, always enjoy the time, my friend. I hope so. I'm going to the Super Bowl, so I'm coming to the Super Bowl, so that's where my focus is right now. At least they're playing sports. Smart man. Smart man. Focus <laughs> on the stuff that we actually can enjoy rather than all the negativity. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Jared.